Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman, and in today's Delve into the Bugle Archives, we are going back to August 2011. There was more bad financial news for the world, debts were racking up for the USA, and a little creative accounting was in order. Here's issue 163, entitled Debt to America, featuring me and John Oliver. Top story this week, Debt to America! <laughs> debt to America! Debt! <laughs> Andy, as we've touched on in the last few bugles, America has got a bit of a problem with debt at the moment. They haven't been particularly careful with their money and haven't really prepared at all for their retirement as an empire, which, as China will testify, is just around the corner. <laughs> they've, been, they've been very irresponsible with some particularly unnecessary luxury wars in recent time. <laughs> uh, the Iraq war was the equivalent of a middle-aged man buying a Porsche. It really smacks of a nation experiencing a midlife crisis and trying to capture its youth once more. <laughs> America's current debt ceiling is $14.3 trillion, which means that it has pretty much maxed out its own credit card. And the three options seem to be, do you, one, cut that credit card in two, two, do you apply for more credit, or do you, three, cut it in two, then tape it back together and hope the shops will still accept it. <laughs> and it might be worth just briefly explaining how we've got to this point, because... At first glance, you can find yourself thinking, this is f***ing insane. <laughs> However, I must say that after you've heard this explanation, you are probably going to find yourself arriving at the same conclusion anyway. It is quite impressive for a country to be this dysfunctional. I believe after you've heard some of this explanation, the main question is going to be, how do these Americans put on their trousers in the morning? <laughs> 14.3 trillion, John, that is, that is a big... So to me, that is the Sistine Chapel of dead ceilings. <laughs> it's it is, true. It is a truly mind-boggling achievement that people in centuries to come will still look back on and think, wow, that's f***ing incredible. <laughs> How on earth did they do that? That is the product of a truly special mind. No normal yeah. person could have done that. <laughs> Mankind was involved in a number like this? Surely not. It seems touched by the hand of God himself. <laughs> The US government gets a lot of bills every month, Andy. That's how it gets this high, uh, including military salaries, interest on existing loans, Medicare, and a subscription to Cigar Aficionado that they keep forgetting to cancel. <laughs> uh, the current debt limit was hit back in May, 
But that deadline didn't turn out to be quite as deadly as deadlines are supposed <laughs> to be. This is because they managed to extend the drop-dead deadline date to August the 2nd, which they insist is as deadly as deadlines get, and that no one wants to test the deadliness of this particular drop-dead deadline unless they want a large bowl of death on their hands. <laughs> and they managed to cleverly extend this date by employing various economic tricks, such as postponing payments into government pension schemes and using better-than-expected tax revenues. And Timothy Geithner really is part economist, part children's party magician. He could make it look like a budget deficit has completely disappeared before simply lifting up a plastic cup and revealing that it was actually there the whole time. <laughs> But uh, still no agreement, John. There seems to be uh, an awful lot of baffling negotiation going on. It seems that the politicians of America have been horse-trading like a French chef preparing to cater for a lavish wedding. But, <laughs> but still still no agreement. And quite a lot of petty political point scoring seems to be going on, John. Um, I, I can't say that I've been following this particularly closely because I've been trying to write some unbelievably idiotic jokes. But um, uh, what's the latest score in the, in the political point scoring? Well, it's currently nil-nil, Andy, with both teams looking both angry and uninterested, if that's even possible. I mean, remember, the key thing is here, this isn't the government wanting to borrow money to buy things in the future. This is the government wanting to borrow money to pay for things that they've already bought. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a teenager going up to their parents and saying, please can I borrow $20 for a new car that I've just bought? And the parents saying, wait, hold on, you've already bought the car? And... Didn't it cost more than $20? And the teenager's saying, you're quite right, it did. Can I have $35,000, please? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that all government borrowing in America has to be approved under the Constitution by Congress. Now, because there's no real... The strange thing is there's no particular need to have a debt ceiling other than to force massive arguments on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> Most other countries don't have a debt ceiling. They just have an inbuilt sense of what they can and can't afford. <laughs> well, I think we recent history suggests that they yeah, don't that's, have that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I could, I could almost sense the Greeks waking up at the, in the afternoon over there saying, what? That's not true. Anyway, please keep it down. I'm napping. Again. America... America For the two and a half thousandth year in a row. America is like a, is like a gambling addict that knows it has a problem. Walking into a casino saying, I have all the money that I'm going to spend here in my hand. Please don't anyone lend me any more, no matter how hard I beg you later on. Then, when they need more money later in the night, trying to win back some of their losses, they end up having to either use their car keys as collateral or start offering cut-rate handjobs in the car park <laughs> to raise enough to keep going. <laughs> the I've got a system. I've got a system. <laughs> it's going to come good. It can't land on black two times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the overall borrowing cap was actually first introduced by Congress in 1917 to make it simpler for the government to finance its efforts in World War One, and that was a war worth throwing some money at, Andy. <laughs> you got a lot of bang for your buck back then. There was no way Congress was going to feel shortchanged. Yeah. Also, you saved a lot on all those pensions that you didn't have to pay out afterwards as well. <laughs> That's true. It was a win-win and massive loss. Bottom uh, line, bottom line, it made sense. Trench warfare <laughs> made sound economic sense from a long-term financial picture. But how many governments would have the courage to say that these days? Yeah, yeah? you're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I guess, John, this goes back a long way, basically to uh, 1791, when George Washington slapped one war of independence on his nation's credit card for the now bargain price of $75 million. And I guess he probably didn't think at that point that his inspirational fight today, pay tomorrow scheme would still be quite so avidly pursued in the early 21st <laughs> century. But I think um, a lot of it comes down to the problems of democratic government, John, because essentially the art of democratic government is to spend vast amounts of money on being seen to be doing stuff, mm -hmm. financed either by spending money you don't have or cutting back spending on actually doing anything. And therefore, <laughs> governments basically won't economise significantly because the less they spend, the less they can appear to be doing, and therefore the less reason they have to exist. But I guess we do need to keep things in perspective, John, because, let's be honest, the Black Death was worse. Um, you know, we might have tough mm -hmm. times at the moment, but... Um, at least we can sneeze without having to cancel all of next week's appointments. <laughs> that's true, Andy. Yeah. Well, that's that's the first thing that's not been depressing that I've heard regarding commentary <laughs> around this story. There were warnings uh, of <laughs> about things like this uh, happening. Um, let me quote from Abraham Lincoln, the professional ex-president and two-time hat wearer of the year, who said this in 1864. He said, I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of my country. Corporations have been enthroned, an era of corruption in high places will follow, and the money power of the country will endeavour to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudices of the people until the wealth is aggregated in a few hands and the republic is destroyed. I feel at this moment more anxiety for the safety of my country than ever before, even in the midst oh of war. Oh my so, god. I can't say this kind of crept up on us like the once in a oh millennium, my. once in a century credit tsunami that, um, that uh, was it Greenspan oh. described it as? Thomas Jefferson, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property in their until their children wake up homeless on the continent their forefathers conquered. Oh. <laughs> There you go. The, oh, here's boy. another one. The national budget must be balanced. The public debt must be reduced. The arrogance of the authorities must be moderated and controlled. Payments to foreign governments must be reduced if the nation doesn't want to go bankrupt. So this warning, do you know how long ago that was said, John? How long? 55 BC by Cicero. <laughs> no I've <laughs> been ignoring that advice for over 2,000 years now, John. <laughs> And there's no sign that we're going to start gnawing it. <laughs> <laughs> the, as the deadline on Tuesday approaches, the tone of the discussion varies from apocalyptic visions of the world collapsing uh, to almost creepy positivity. Because Harry Reid hinted of a potential compromise uh, at the uh, middle of the week when he said... Magic things can happen here in Congress in a very short period of time under the right circumstances. He then pointed at a wardrobe and said, maybe there's a mystical world somewhere in there and we'll all go on an adventure which will teach us about the importance of cooperation. We'll learn these efforts from a mystical lion in a not that subtle religious <laughs> allegory. And even though we'll be in there for months, when we come out only seconds will have gone by. Then he paused and looked at the floor and said, or maybe we are f***ed. <laughs> and likewise, the President tried to fire up the American people whilst actually annoying them by interrupting the Bachelorette for a presidential address on TV this week, and he said, let's seize this moment to show why the United States of America is still the greatest nation on Earth. 
Not because we can still keep our word and meet our obligations, but because we can still come together as one nation. Before saying, ah, oh, it, even I don't believe that. Uh, <laughs> let me try again. Let me, let, me just, let, let me just go back and try that again. We're what now? We're live. <laughs> oh, fudge. <laughs> Thank you, Buglers. More top stories tomorrow and yesterday and right now. If you've enjoyed the show, tell everyone you know all about it. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.